welcome to Hoping Forward, God's Stories in Every Day. I'm your host, Lori Whitney, and I'm really glad you're here. I hope that as you listen to this podcast, you begin to notice more and more things that God is doing in your own life and ways in which He is proving Himself faithful and present every day. Enjoy! I'm so glad you're here. The next two episodes of the Hoping Forward podcast were recorded this past summer at Hope Heals Camp in Nauvoo, Alabama at Camp McDowell. Hope Heals is just an amazing camp for families affected by disability. It's had a huge impact on my life and that of Sarah, my daughter. This summer, I interviewed two different special needs mamas mothers of young children with disabilities. So the podcast is their stories of how they've seen God work in their lives. If you're interested in learning more about Hope Heals Camp or the Hope Heals Ministry in general, I encourage you to check out episode two of the Hoping Forward podcast and the links in will be in the show notes for more direct information. It's amazing. And these stories are incredible and I hope you enjoy them. Hi, welcome to the Hoping Forward podcast. This week, I am blessed to be at Hope Heals Camp in very sweaty Alabama. And I'm here today with my new friend, Abby Tanner. And she's going to tell you about herself, and she's also going to tell you some God stories, some things that God has done in her life. I hope you enjoy listening. Abby, thank you for being on the podcast, being willing, and for doing it. I'm delighted. So glad you asked. (laughs) Abby, can you tell us a little bit about yourself and your family, just where you are now? Sure. Yeah, um, my name is Abby. I'm celebrating my 40th birthday later this year, and I'm wondering when that happened. Um, (laughs) I am married to a wonderful man named um, JT. We have four children together. They are 10, 8, 6, and 3. We have a service dog, a couple of cats, a couple lizards that may or may not be deceased (laughs) since our absence coming to camp. Um, And our six-year-old has some special needs, which is what brought us to Hope Heals Camp. And you guys live in? We're outside of Clemson, South Carolina. Huge college town. The whole place is like painted orange and white. Everybody's a Tiger fan. (laughs) It's a fun vibe. (laughs) That's awesome. So if you hear background noise, it's most likely radios or people cleaning up down below. We're... We had a bit of a struggle to find a quiet spot, so just ignore those sounds. (laughs) They are bringing us joy this week. Yes, absolutely. (laughs) So, Abby, tell us a little bit about Lincoln and about just what you've seen God do in your life or his life. Absolutely. And you'll have to forgive me. We've had such a great time at camp. My voice is evading me now. So Lincoln, I had an amazing pregnancy with him. At the time, we were living in an RV and traveling cross country. It was an adventure in and of itself. And we moved from California back to South Carolina three months before Lincoln was born, which was just the kindness of God already and settling Mm -hmm. us where he did, when he did. Uh, Lincoln was born January 8th, 2017. And I had an amazing delivery. I mean, 
Uh, as amazing as four days of hard labor can be. Oh, four days. I was so grateful, though. I had two C-sections before him, so I was like, thank you, Jesus, for this contraction. Thank you for this break. Thank you for this contraction. Thank you for this break. Um, had, a, had a beautiful delivery when he was four weeks old. I was on day two of my husband's business trip. So day two of being home alone with my four-year-old, two-year-old, and newborn. Um, and we had been noticing that Lincoln was having some strange episodes and he began turning purple while my husband was gone. Hmm. So we were debating what to do. We got on YouTube and finally found what these movements were. And we saw children moving in the same way who had seizures. We had previously mentioned this to the doctor and they said, oh, it's newborn jitter. It's not a big deal. So I called a new friend of mine because we had joined a church immediately. So as soon as we had moved to South Carolina, we jumped into a church my husband had been a part of uh, years prior, which was a blessing because I was able to call one of the friends, new friends from our small group to come help me take Lincoln to the hospital. Another new friend also came and stayed with my kids. I knew something was wrong immediately when everybody took me seriously and his a hospital room in the ER, people swarmed it and they started connecting him to a ton of different lines. They were putting in IVs. I had no idea. I look back now and I think of like the naivety of, of me coming into this ER not knowing anything medical at the time. Mm. And now I see the weight of it. I didn't know what him turning purple meant or the right. monitor dropping as low as it did meant. So they hooked him up to an EEG confirmed he was having seizures again still startled that somebody was taking it so seriously the neurologist was on it i mean it was late at night fast forward lincoln began having 200 seizures a day as an infant oh my and gosh. they were relentless no medication was working he was on every seizure medication around the clock meanwhile i'm still trying to nurse him as a new mom and my husband had flown home as soon as he possibly could so we're trying to balance our four and two year old and now our infant and we live almost an hour away from the hospital. Oh, wow. So it was a lot, it was a lot to manage just for our family. Um, we came to find out that he had a rare form of epilepsy. It was a genetic mutation unique to Lincoln. He didn't get it from dad or I. Uh, and it's catastrophic, it's terminal. Uh, the doctors said that early childhood was his life expectancy. I'm happy to say today that Lincoln is six and a half. And by the grace of God, he is here. And he's such a content little boy. We've come he's a long awesome. way. We've come a long way. But his life has been filled with lots of hospitalizations, lots of pain, inconsolable crying, daily seizures, a feeding tube, a wheelchair. He's not mobile. He's not verbal. And all of those paint this very sad box. But Lincoln is so much more than all those things. Yeah. And God has deeply encouraged us through the hands and feet of others and just his word holding us up as an anchor in this storm. It's ongoing, it's chronic, and we have cycles of, of hard, 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 hard days. And then we have some seasons of respite. Um, but Lincoln has been a joy through it all and such a blessing to our family. Mm. And has he still continued to have the seizures? Yes, they are a daily occurrence in our house. He oh, typically wow. has them at night, and it took me a good six months, which still sounds short. It took me six months before I was able to sleep and relieve myself of the guilt that I needed to be there, like bearing the weight of the seizure with him. Mm. I felt guilty for sleeping while he was seizing. Oh, wow. So that was a difficult thing to come to terms with. 
for sure. And he's been in our room ever since because I just don't want him that far away from me. Yeah. I was going to say, do you, do you have any help? We have gone, that's a great question. We've gone through seasons of support and seasons of no support. Some of our darkest seasons, we were alone, um, which was really difficult. But God was like, I'm all you need. Truly, Mm -hmm. I am all you need. We're in a season now where the Lord has provided two part-time nurses. One's a night nurse who works one to two nights a week. No, she doesn't sleep on the job. Um, (laughs) We have a great uh, part-time day nurse who's a blessing I found at my church. And we have two personal aides for Lincoln. So I feel like the most spoiled, rich mom because I have this help (laughs) at home. Uh, But it's been wonderful because I'm getting some support where I'm able now to pour into my children or myself. I was going to say it allows you to be a normal mom. Yeah. Be able to put the nurse hat off. Yeah. Yeah. And we all need that. Like nobody can do all the jobs that typically a special needs family without help is required to do. And it it brings along a lot of guilt with it too. You Mm -hmm. feel guilty because you are thinking I should be able to bear the weight you know, or carry, carry all the responsibilities. I should be able to as the mom, but it's so freeing to be able to accept the help and like put an oxygen mask on yourself almost, you know, like they <laughs> say right. in the airplane. Yeah. You're supposed to do that first. Mm-hmm. So you said that when you were without help and were alone, that God showed you that he was enough or told you that he was enough. How did you experience that? Honestly, it was just the strength to endure. One of the darkest seasons, um, right before everybody went into quarantine, March of 2020, Mm -hmm. we found out Lincoln's hip was out of his socket and he would need surgery. He had had some unexplainable pain. And then I was like, what? I thought we had a couple years before we were gonna face this. So suddenly we find out that he needs surgery, a major surgery. Well, right before the scheduled surgery, the day before we found out that our baby had 12 food allergies. I'm talking everything under the sun. So the day before Lincoln's major surgery, I find out, oh, I have to drastically go about feeding my family in a different way, which was wild. So this is Shiloh with the food allergies? Yes, my youngest. She was just six months old at the time, something like that. And I was breastfeeding, so whatever she's eating, I need to eat. That rocked my world, like changing everything about my kitchen. Lincoln had his hip surgery, and it was hell. As a godly Christian woman, I mean, a God-fearing. It's not up to me to decide if I'm godly. A God-fearing Christian woman, it was hell. It was absolute hell. He was on so many pain meds for a number of months, Mm -hmm. and he was screaming and crying in pain, and I begged God to take him. Well, at the same time, my mom had a stroke, and my mom doesn't live near me, uh, and it it was really bad, and it was COVID, so we couldn't even go see her. So a couple weeks after her stroke, she had a blood clot that was in her lungs and the doctors didn't think she was gonna make it through the night. And during all this, our beloved nurse had suffered a back injury and was no longer working, right? So I was alone, everything just changed with my baby girl and our even our basic way of eating, you know, like that's not a comfort thing anymore because now it's a source of stress and um, Lincoln was in so much pain. So it was a dark season, thought I was gonna lose my mom. I'm happy to say she did live through the night but she's had another brain bleed since then, and uh, there are some deficits, and, and her caretaking rhythm has changed. So there's a lot of trauma, and 
God was just so kind to help us survive it. Right. We didn't get the help when we needed it, to be honest. Like, that would have been the season I would have picked for God to send me the aides and the nurses. And instead, he just helped us to endure. And it was exhausting and wearying. And we were isolated because it was COVID. Mm -hmm. And so I think the greater lesson there was just to endure and that we need people. It was such a lonely season when I finally opened up the door to our home in desperation at my rock bottom and decided to take a risk and be around people again because, you know, we were trying to protect Lincoln. Invited my old nurse in. Even though she couldn't work, she could still fold laundry really well. (laughs) And that was everything. Somebody coming in and folding my laundry and being a friend. Yeah. And that was kind of our path back to to a healthy place in life, just spiritually and relationally and and just the health of our family and our home, like quality of life, you Mm -hmm. know? Has there ever been a time in your life when you felt like God just worked a miracle? That's such a good question. The fact that Lincoln is here today, Mm -hmm. because a year prior to all this trauma of Lincoln's hip surgery, he had gone to the hospital for a cold and he has lots of medical complexities. So I wanted to address those things with the doctors and the palliative care team came around and they said, he's going to need a tracheotomy by his next hospital stay and we believe his body is failing, which was a shock. I mean, he came in wanting to talk about DNRs and mm-hmm. really heavy things. And I was just in there to like, let's take care of this sickness and talk about a couple other things I think we can address. That was a really heavy moment and they put Lincoln on a hospice and we had just started the process to raise money for a service dog. And we were pregnant with our fourth child at the time. And so I, I remember walking to the gardens of the hospital and praying and, and releasing it to the Lord and telling him, I don't want a consolation baby. Like, mm. please don't take my son and, and give me this baby as like a bonus. Like, I want both my babies. Please don't take him. And he was put on hospice and it should have been a progressive decline. Mm. according to other things I've seen in other children with Lincoln's condition, like all signs are pointing to, okay, maybe this is the end. Uh, But God in his great mercy and in his timing led us to a doctor who helped us like address things one at a time. And God healed Lincoln of of some of those things. And God extended his days and gave him his happiest days yet. Mm. We've had ups and downs, but Lincoln shouldn't be here. We didn't know if he would live to meet a service dog. We didn't know if he was going to live to see his wish trip through. So... In one way, I see that as a great miracle. I mean, I was begging God to take him home, and he didn't answer it that way. And I'm relieved. I'm relieved that God wrote this. But I didn't know at the time, God was like, no, I'm going to speak life over Lincoln. But we're going to go through some really, really hard junk first. Mm -hmm. So that honestly is a surprise to me. I I look at God's miracles now differently, you know? Right. Like God's miracle isn't that Lincoln's going to walk or talk. Right. God's miracle is the life he has, the air in his lungs today. Yeah. I think too many people just discount that Mm. kind of a miracle. Mm -hmm. It's kind of an ordinary one. Yeah. Even though it's air in your lungs. Because we're alive. Right. And so, therefore, we should be alive. But the reality is none of us are here except for the grace and miracle of God. Absolutely. And on but the, especially with a, a um, medically fragile child. And something I have to remind myself so I don't go to that woe is me mm-hmm. place is that my son has a terminal condition. But in reality, 
we all are terminal. Right. We're yeah. all going to die. What yeah. matters is where are you going? And like, do you know who holds your future? So I have to remind myself of that. Like, you know what? I'm going to die too. It's not just Lincoln. Maybe I just right. have an idea of what it's going to be for him. Right. But it could be me tomorrow from who knows what. Right. And I think that perspective can be good for centering you yeah. and, and, and humbling us too. Right. Absolutely. Can you tell me about when God first became real to you? Oh my goodness. I was like four years old. I know. <laughs> oh, wow. I know for me, like that's for a lot of people, that's really young, but I, I grew up in the church, but I distinctly remember the flannel graph. My kindergarten teacher <laughs> was telling a story about Jesus and I believed with my whole heart and I prayed and confessed awesome. my sins, asked him to like be Jesus to me forever, you know? And I remember being so excited, knew it was a Wednesday because I went to church that night and told everybody I got saved. <laughs> and I was really excited and I really believe that was a true moment of childlike faith. Mm-hmm. And then I worked out my salvation with the Lord as a middle schooler and right. having doubts, um, but really wanted to know what I believed and why. And so in eighth grade, I started reading the Bible every day. Mm. And that for me was so sweet to have such a solid foundation at a young age yeah and my mom always harped romans eight twenty eight, and we know that all things work together for good um so any calamity that would befall our family my mom had this optimistic outlook um <laughs> which again has served me well i you know i don't like when people throw bible verses as band-aids on right, really hard right. things but she's helped me not go to that pit you right. know where it's easy to be like, woe is me. Why did this happen? My husband and I, from the get-go, never said, why me, God? Our question was, mm. why not us? We're all promised suffering. Why not our son? Why, right. not, why not us? Right. And God has been faithful through it all. For as much discouragement and heartache we have endured, he has provided us with an equal amount or more of encouragement. That's awesome. Are there verses that you particularly cling to or things you've read that you particularly cling to in those dark moments? Early on for me, it was the book of Job. I listened Mm. to a sermon series by John Piper on Job. Uh, And it was was life-giving. I'm a little bit of a diva anyway. So (laughs) even though we were living in hospitals for months, I was going to get ready and I was going to do my hair and makeup every day. And that's when I would listen (laughs) in bits and pieces to this long, long sermon series. And something I love that John Piper says, taken from the book of Job, is the the devil is like a roaring lion sinking whom he may devour. But John Piper adds, but God has him on a short leash. Hmm. And Job, Job's suffering. The Lord tells him that, Like Satan came to him and said, you know, can I have your faithful servant? And God, God determined the limits and the boundaries of which Satan could afflict his child. Right. So I trust that what God has given us, he is overseeing. Right. He's setting boundaries. Absolutely. And, and he is in control. The devil doesn't determine that. Right. He is in control, and I trust that his purposes are far grander than I can imagine. Mm. And I know he's trustworthy. And early on, the Lord told me, like, he gave me the thought and said, if it weren't for him sacrificing his own son, I'd question why he was sacrificing mine. 
Right. We were not promised a life of hope and blessing and wealth and health and happiness and all of this. We were promised suffering. Jesus suffered. We're going to suffer. Mm. Everybody endures suffering. I just have peace in knowing that God is doing something with it. And I don't like the band-aid of there's purpose in your pain, but it is not fruitless. Right. He sees us and he is doing a great work that we don't get to see. But he sees the whole picture. And our hope is not in the circumstance. Exactly. If 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 we looked at our son seizing every day, not able to not able to get up and walk, not able to feed himself, any of those things, that would be pretty depressing. Right. But we know this is a blip, and the best is yet to come for Lincoln. Right. I do have to add, the best mm-hmm. is yet to come for Lincoln, not because he deserves it, right. but because he is a sinner, and I believe God's grace covers him. He's a sinner because of na- you know Adam's nature. Like right. we are all children because of Adam. Because he's human. Because he's human. <laughs> like he's not. He's not perfectly innocent even though that's kind of hard to fathom right but i believe god's grace is enough to cover lincoln and that he will be restored Mm -hmm. in home one day and the best is yet to come for him and that's we put our hope in well and the best is yet to come for you yeah i mean it's the reality is you you just said it our suffering is a blip yeah eternity is forever forever and no matter how horrible the circumstances are on this side Mm -hmm. they'll mean nothing to us Mm -hmm. in the light of eternity which that's a huge thing to hold on to and it can be hard to picture that when you're trudging through the heaviness and the weariness of every single day which is why you know god tells us to to focus on today to not borrow from tomorrow's troubles exactly like he knew what he he knew what he was talking about, you know. <laughs> yeah. Like no, focus on today, one day at a time. Right. Faithfully putting one foot in front of the other and doing the next right thing. Yeah, and there have been so many situations where I'm so thankful, looking back, that I didn't know what was yes. ahead of me. Oh my goodness, because so, you would have run the other yeah, direction. Exactly. Yeah. We would have done the Jonah, right? Yeah. We would have been like, yep. I'm not going yep. to Nineveh. <laughs> Tarshish, I'm coming to you. <laughs> yes, yes, we all would have been Jonah. Yeah, yeah, and so I think God's mercy is there too, in that we don't get to know. Yeah, that, that's the kindness. Or have to know, right? What's coming? So, what do you do other than be a mom? Well, that's pretty all-consuming, but <laughs> I was a hairstylist in my previous life, so I served my family in that way even still, dabble a little bit on the side with friends and family doing hair, but I'm also a singer-songwriter, so I'm pursuing my dreams of recording and getting music out there and shining light in dark places. God has given me a unique platform since Lincoln's birth of being able to sing in hospitals. There was always a piano in a lobby and that's where I would go to process what we were walking through. I would inevitably always have the opportunity to hear someone else's story and pray with them and encourage Mm. them. And I've long wanted to do that in a, a a tiny, well, not really tiny, a bigger scale. Um, So I really, really just want to shine the light of Jesus in dark places using music. 
So mm, that's awesome. trying to figure out how to do that while also finding out I was unexpectedly pregnant with number five. <laughs> so the timing is so strange, but God knows what he's doing. Yep. So I lead worship at church when I can, and my husband's a wonderful support because that's a lot of Sunday mornings where he has to get the kids out the door all by himself and rehearsals and such. So um, yeah, I'm trying to find my way now with having help at home. Like, what do I... I mean, as if being a mom isn't busy enough. Like, what right, do I do right, now? Right, right. Yeah. Besides dishes and laundry. <laughs> so you were telling me that you've created or you're in the process of doing your first EP? I have already recorded my first EP with uh, an amazing producer who's a friend that I met 15 years ago. And he is battling cancer himself right now. Mm. So being able to do this project was necessary. I was so eager to work with him again and really felt the urgency and we made something really beautiful together and mm. I'm, I'm trusting that God is writing Jeff's story the way he wants to and that by the grace and mercy of God, he would give him more days to do what he does, which is tell people about Jesus and make beautiful music. Mm. So the EP hopefully is, we're going to release it in like a month or so. We're still oh, working out awesome. all the production details, but... It's been a long deferred dream. That is so cool that you get to do it. How did you meet the producer? When I was single, I moved cross country again. So I'm <laughs> from like the West Coast and the East Coast. So I ran away to California to not marry a boy that I didn't need to be with. And I was Googling Christian music producers. I just started doing the singer songwriter thing on my own. And I found him, the funny story was, I just started dating my husband. And he paid for me to record my first single ever. And then I broke up with him. <laughs> and then I proceed to break up with him. We get back together multiple times. Um, so he's finally funded this project. He's had to make sure I was good and locked in, you know? Yeah. Yeah. So uh, it's been a relationship long in the works. <laughs> my husband and I and my producer and I. <laughs> so you guys met in California? You yeah. And your husband? He moved out there on faith. Um, took a new a new job with the same company. So he was living in company housing with a rental car every week. He looked like a sugar daddy, right? <laughs> and I'm living on my brother's living room floor in a 400-square-foot studio as poor as can be, eating bean burritos and going to beauty school. <laughs> it was crazy. And we met at church, and he was like, I got to meet Keyboard Girl. She's cute. And I was like, I don't see any prospects here. <laughs> It was quite a road to get from being completely uninterested in the real man to uh, married. But he won. He won. That's he awesome. was persistent. Maybe I need to interview him. You and should. See if I get... Oh my goodness, you absolutely. How God did that. <laughs> he won over all the girls at beauty school before I got a clue. They were like, he's won. I was like, I just don't know. I don't know. Maybe I did know, and I was just scared there of the answer. Go. Yeah, and she does play beautifully and sing beautifully. So, because I got to hear her at the talent show last night at Hope Peels. Oh, thank you. And I've gotten to hear her a couple of times on the piano. I had to kind of pull her away to, <laughs> to record this. It's true. <laughs> so... So be watching, and I will put connection points okay. in the show notes. But how can people find you? It's such an excellent question. Right now, our son has a Facebook page, Lincoln's Road. We are working on all the social media and all the marketing mm. for the EP. Yeah. So um, 
that is soon to come. We got to find something that hasn't been taken already. And that can be very That's difficult. very challenging. Yeah. So it could be something weird like Abby's great music online. Who knows? <laughs> because my name is probably already taken. But if you watch Lincoln, Lincoln's Road on Facebook... We will definitely make an announcement there. Yes, yes, absolutely. (laughs) And I'll put in whatever she can give me from even a little bit after this comes out, probably. I can change it if I need to. Okay, that'd be great. (laughs) (laughs) All right, well, thank you so much, Abby. I really appreciate you talking to me and sharing what God's been doing in your life and your family's lives. Thank you for having me. I've really enjoyed getting to know you this week, and hopefully we can continue that. Yes, I'd love to. (laughs) I love getting to know you and Sarah. Such a joy. (laughs) Thanks. Are you enjoying Hoping Forward, God's Stories in Every Day? If so, be sure to follow us on your podcast app so that you don't miss an episode. I would also really appreciate it if you would rate and review the podcast to make it easier for others to find. If you enjoyed this episode, would you be willing to take a minute to share it on your social media or send it to a friend via text or email? Do you have a God story you'd like to share? I would love to hear it. You can contact me at the Hoping Forward Podcast Facebook page or through email at lori.r.whitney at gmail.com. Until next time, keep looking for God in your story. Thank you.